0: Legit scientists right now are positing that we live in a simulation.
1: I feel like a lot of stuff is going on in the world that's brought up a lot of these conversations, even in our last couple episodes, just with UAP disclosure and, you know, the Nephilim agenda that we always come back to.
2: The world largely rejects their message and treats them as hostile extraterrestrials who must be stopped at any cost. Hey, campers, welcome back to another episode of Campermon. I'm Chris Price. With me is Tinfoil Tori and our boy Mikey Stibbs. Hey, Tori, what's up?
1: What up, what up?
0: Mikey
2: Stibbs, how you doing, my man?
0: Man, I am doing fantastic. There's so much to talk about on this show tonight. We've we've got a lot in store. Um, We have... Um, a rescue story from Archangel Ministries ninety one. Um, that's Jason Pillow and Janice. We had them on a few weeks ago. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Greg Locke and the the flat Earth breakdown that happened a few nights ago, and then we're gonna talk about some crazy church stories and some street evangelism and just get into a real nice Christian conversation, but. Yeah, so we did um, a show with Jason and Janice Pillow. It was mostly with uh, Janice Pillow. And she has a ministry where she actively pursues prostitutes and hookers on the street to get them saved and to get them out of that lifestyle. And so after that episode dropped, a girl who was being trafficked saw the show contacted Jason and Janice through Archangel ministries 91com and they actually rescued her. So I sat down with Jason and AC, the guys that orchestrated the mission, here's the story. Jason, can you start off and let us know exactly what happened?
3: It was kind of odd because I really wasn't expecting anything, you know, to pop up at that time. But uh, like the next day after the interview with Janice had released, Uh, We got an email through our contact list on on, uh, the website and it was a woman who uh, had been being trafficked and severely needed some help and assistance. Uh, She was in a lot of danger and to be honest, I wouldn't have believed the level of danger she was in unless I had been on the phone with her when uh, her handler had showed back up with uh, the police. Uh, It's my belief that they were preparing to suicide her and pass it, you know, or at least eliminate her and make it look like a suicide. So we got the team together and got everything in play and went out from there.
0: You were on the phone with her and the handler showed up with the police?
3: Yeah, and this is the third time he'd done it. I was on the phone with her when the police were asking her what was going on, and he had mentioned that this was the third time that they had been called over there that people were claiming she was ranting and raving or acting like a crazy person and that uh, there were reports that she was suicidal. And between myself and Janice and our other counselors, I can affirm for you 100% fact she is not suicidal, never has been.
0: So she contacts you guys, you're talking through her on the phone, and then, um, you know, you basically were able to – put her through the process to make sure that this was a legit situation. And so what happens What happens next?
3: Well, what happens next, I reached out to AC and Ryan and, you know, got them on board and we uh, did a mad dash to find a safe house, a secure location for her so we could
0: uh, perform the extraction. And by extraction, what do you mean?
3: Uh, boots on the ground in her area, uh, deter the threat, pull her out and transport her to a safe house in a secure location.
0: And so she's safe right now. Yeah, she is. That's, that's all. That's awesome. And so, so let me ask you this, Jason, after we did the podcast with uh, you and Janice, did any of our listeners happen to donate money to you guys to help you financially do this mission?
3: Yes, they did. There was a, uh, pretty decent outpouring you know i think we managed to raise somewhere around 2600 or so which i know we probably burned through about a thousand of that for the extraction but uh it was well worth it every single penny and dime and uh i won't put any last names or anything out there but uh beth and her husband i really want to give them a shout out because you know they've come on board and offered up you know uh two separate safe houses that they actually own, as well as donated almost two thousand dollars just for this mission.
0: Amen. Dude, that's awesome. So, what's what's next for this young lady? I mean, is she does she get counseling? What's the next steps for her now that she's safe from this uh, trafficking organization?
4: All right. So basically, we got her in a, a very secure short term uh, location. From that, she will move to a long term protection facility, undisclosed, uh, probably for about a year, uh, also safe and secure, and she'll have a chance to get back on her feet, get uh, restored in her mind, in her heart, in her life, and then ultimately turn right back around, give her testimony, begin to uh, get out, back out, and start helping uh, get, hopefully, get some more Uh, people just like her out of the same situation she was in.
0: Is there any hope to take an organization like this down or is it, are we just going after the one?
3: No, there's uh, quite a bit of hope in this one.
4: Our motive is not to go and interface necessarily with bad guy networks. But what we found over, what I've found over many decades of work is it's an automatic thing. The bad guys Uh, they're going to slip up somewhere. They're going to make some mistakes. They're going to have some holes in their, their planning. And what we tend to do is most of the time over the decades, I've seen that those holes, we discovered them, and then we were able to exploit those holes for law enforcement or for authorities to be able to rush in and do their job. And so whatever really, for me and for our organization, Whatever really kind of uh, develops from there, we're going to take it. We're going to take it as intel. We're going to take it as opportunities to uh, give authorities a chance to rush in and and, uh, you know, arrest bad guys to uh, disrupt their networks and prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law.
3: With this particular case, we. Uh given the intel and the data and everything we've gathered so far, we have other ministries that have joined alongside us in this uh, for boots on the ground, surveillance, evidence gathering operations, and everything else. So we run not just a strong chance of shutting down their network uh, with the assistance of law enforcement and uh, other credentialed people, but we also run a good chance of being able to liberate and rescue hundreds if not thousands of women and young girls all across america right now
4: yeah amen we really appreciate your listeners dialing in and being willing to get behind it
0: yeah and i'm i, I really want to get get more of us you know uh hitting that button and giving whatever we're able to because a little bit goes a long way and you know it just seemed like this this certain situation was a god a god you know God orchestrated it, put together the donors, put together somebody who needed help, connected two people that want to help to somebody who needs help and people that want to give money. And we were able to do something within a very short period of time of even that episode airing. And that's what blows me away. And, you know, speaking with uh, my co-host, you know, they're blown away that they never thought when they got into, you know, doing podcasting that they would ever contribute, you know, even a little bit to something like this. And, you know, for God to allow us to be a part of that effort, it means a lot to myself. It means a lot to uh, my co-host. And, you know, we just want to thank you guys from the bottom of our heart for, for doing, for being obedient to what God is calling you to. um, Because, you know, I look at it this way. If you guys weren't obedient, yeah, we would have never heard the story. We would have never known nothing about this. But it's because of your obedience to God that this, uh, this woman has a chance, you know, at living living a life that's, you know, worth living. And that's that's got to say something. That I mean, that's that's awesome. That's making an impact in this short little vapor life that we live. So thank you guys. Yeah,
3: and uh, you know, a lot of us don't understand unless you've been in a position like herself or that I was in or something along those lines, uh, what freedom truly means. But, uh, she was very excited for the fact that in the secure location, she's in, she was able to actually go for a walk, just something as simple as going for a walk and not feeling hunted. And she said, it's the first time she's been able to do that in over a decade. Wow. And, and I, throw this in it
4: uh today is her birthday
0: oh man yes it is all right well happy birthday yeah. we, we won't give out her name but happy birthday to her
4: yeah oh, right God. that's it, awesome it, it, so it happens that the you know a few days before her birthday she's given a great birthday gift but also a great christmas gift from the mm-hmm. savior and and i'm just i'm gonna go on a limb it, it is because of your podcast that she is now alive she's now because of your podcast She's free and now on on the road to recovery and restoration. And I want to say this to your listeners, to those right now that you stepped up and you said, hey, I want to give to this, uh, and you didn't hesitate. Uh, you You saved her life. But I also want to talk to another group, and that's those of you out there just like her, and you're listening. Maybe you accidentally tuned into this podcast. You don't know how you did it, but you did and you need someone to he- hear your voice, uh, and you need someone to come get you and help you, we're we're available. And the the gr- first group that I was talking to, you make us available by your donations so that we can drop what we're doing and we can run, hurry, scurry, no delay, no hesitation, and run to to meet the need and to rescue the person. So there's two groups of people on your podcast right now, those that are ready to help and those that need the help.
0: And, that, and there's and also
4: a third group, the prayer
3: warriors and people who have lined up to bring this before yeah. God's throne with, uh, you know, never ceasing in prayer to make sure that we're able to be backed by God to go forward and do what we do, because the way that this happens so fast and, you know, I mean, we granted we are a quick reaction force, but the speed at which this took place and all the pieces got aligned and organized was strictly by God's hand. Mm You know, If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did. So if it wasn't for the people that donated, if it wasn't for the prayer warriors and stuff that were backing us, then we probably wouldn't have had as strong of a chance of success as we've had. And God made sure that he showed us clearly that his fingerprints were all over us, all from the way she found us and was able to reach out all the way to her extraction and all the way to transit to the safe house god's fingerprints were all over it
4: right every bit
0: god is up to so much right now with with the podcast and with other things and you know the devil devil's going to try to try to sneak in there sometimes and try to take us down but god's up to something with this and jason um you know i've been been online friends with him for a while now. And, you know, he's proved himself to me as far as being, you know, about being honest and he is who he says he is. And that's important. If you're going to donate money to a ministry like this, Jason was able to do what he did because people donated to the ministry after they heard that show. So all of these things like take money. It costs money to drive from Tennessee to Ohio, hotel rooms, all of this stuff. It costs money. And this dude, Jason and his wife, Janice, they have a heart to do this. Like they are pursuing this and it's tough. And so I just want to ask you guys, if you feel the Lord's moving you, it's Archangel Ministries 91com Just hit the donate wow. now, donate now button it's very, very simple. But there is another story where another girl got rescued um overseas. Uh, I think it was Afghanistan or Pakistan. So there's a lot more to come with that. So, Chris, I know you were you were talking about uh the Greg Locke Dean um Odell. What's his what's his last name? I think it's
2: pronounced Odil.
0: Odil, whatever, whatever the case is, the flat earth guy Dean Odil. But they had some big debate. And I know you wanted to talk about uh, a part of that debate.
2: From the looks of it, it it didn't go well. These guys, more so Greg Locke, they, he's just rude and arrogant and you'll see.
5: All right, let's check it out. No,
4: no, this is nonsense. You came up with your scriptures and gave your interpretation
5: of them. I gave mine. I gave you the Bible interpretation I gave you the Bible. I gave more Bible than you did for a fact right there. All right. Oh, really? That's a fact. Well, I'll tell you what. How about... How about in your rebuttal, I'll keep my mouth shut and you tell me how wrong I was about your misapplication of the ring stabbing no, 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 uh, in yeah, Job yeah. chapter 38. First of all, hello, is it sunrise or not? Not, not at all. I don't agree with Turn you. Turn his mic off, get out. Wow. You're a Bible denier. You're a Bible denier. You're a Bible denier. That is ridiculous. Bible denier. Just get out. Get the band up here. Woo! Let's worship the Lord. I ain't putting up with this nonsense. So I gave you our platform. And y'all want to get up here with a bunch of nonsense. Come up here, band. Let's worship the Lord. We're going to... We're going to actually do something spiritual in this room tonight instead of talk about flat earth nonsense. And by the way, if you go to this church and you're upset about me taking the Bible in its context and dealing with it, and you're going to keep sowing that discord, don't ever come back. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Don't, I'm not listening. It's a last day's deception. I do not care if this is a UFC smackdown to the mat. I would highly suggest that people keep their mouth shut, get in their car, and go where they need to be. We'll see you at 1030 in the morning. We're going to have a packed house, and we're going to preach what the Bible says. If you believe the Bible global vision shout amen
0: whoa dude that's (laughs) that's a church service what do you all think
2: that didn't really seem to be i mean these guys are two pastors are they representing christ there like love and and you know what we're supposed to be as as believers especially you know they shall know you by your love one for another
1: my word no i'm cringing so hard and that is exactly why i mean There's a lot there, but that's exactly why I really try to stay away from that debate. And I know a lot of believers and, and a lot of our friends who listen to this podcast and similar podcasts, like feel so strongly about it, but I'm just like, I think it's so hard for people to be really passionate about that subject and not have it turn into something like that. You know what I mean? I feel like you, I, I don't know. I just don't know anyone who has really had their mind changed about the shape of the earth um flat or globe and like mike said i really i really find it irrelevant um i don't i mean i don't know sorry if that angers anyone but like it always turns into something like that and that was just such a mess and like yeah christians aren't supposed to look like that and the way that they were yelling at each other i mean like two grown men who are supposed to be representing like Christ's love and like being respectful and like outdoing one another and showing honor and they're throwing mics at each other and stuff it's it's Matthew 5 um 23 so if you're offering your gift to the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift because like it's more important to God that like we are living in peace with each other than like having these like you know grudges against each other and then like offering something to him. He's like, no, you're doing it wrong. So anyway, I'm embarrassed about that.
2: So Greg Locke starts a dumpster fire, then says, let's worship the Lord.
1: Yeah. Right. Because (laughs) it's like, it's like, you don't get it. Like worshiping the Lord would be like not treating someone like that, you know? Right. Not to like get in a big ugly, like knock down, drag out, fight, yeah. and then be like, let's sing a song. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, that's, you know, Tori, that, that's such a great point. And I, and I think, you know, I think the fringe community, and also I say this from a very, very serious place. And if you're a flat earther, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't have, I don't have no bones with anybody that believes flat earth or the globe, whatever. But let me say this, the fringe community in general, has a responsibility at this moment in history that we've never ever had before, okay? So many people after, you know, 2020 have been waking up to these huge conspiracies, to these government lies, to all of this stuff. And we have a responsibility that at the end of the day, That it's not about aliens or flat earth or the the serpent seed. It's about salvation and and presenting ourselves in a way that is befitting to the Lord. Because, you know, we, we see it time and time again where, you know, these pastors fall. They get arrogant and they do crazy stuff, you know. And that's just not, it's not a good spirit behind it. Like, why are you doing it? You know, Paul says that some preach out of contention. Some preach because they're coming from a sincere place. He does say, nevertheless, the gospel is preached. But when you're preaching from from that argumentative place, you know, it just the fruit behind it, it's not bearing anything. So I don't know, I just pray for the French community that that if you are a content creator, you know, is just always second guess yourself, second guess what you're saying, second guess your videos, because it is, like Tori was saying, it's all about the love. It's the love that we have towards each other. And that is a display, that's a true display of worship and uh Greg Locke did not was a he, Greg Locke called Dean a Bible denier, but it looked like to me that Greg Locke was den was a Bible denier with his actions. So guys, we've been experimenting with a new segment and we landed on one and we're going to call it Tory's Tinfoil Hat Time. Roll the intro.
2: I think it's a perfect time for Tori's tinfoil hat.
1: All right, campers, it's time to gather on the fire, grab your tinfoil hat. If you don't have a tinfoil hat, go borrow one from your neighbor. You're going to need it for this next little few minutes here. A few months ago, I bought this gold mine of a book called The Deep State Encyclopedia by really Graceful. If you guys don't know who she is, go follow her. She's on Instagram. I think she became famous on YouTube, but then of course was deplatformed because of um like the contents of this book, for example. Um that she's really incredible, but so this book is called The Deep State Encyclopedia Exposing the Cabal's Playbook. And so, I got it. Chris got it, Mike got it, and we're going to be going through like a chapter at a time um, because she really does cover, I mean, everything's in here. Truly a gold mine. It starts with, well, sorry, I don't know what I can and can't say. That's going to get us taken off YouTube, but, you know, it starts with um, the attacks of 9-11 and goes all the way through. Last one is, oh, well, Yuri. I actually don't know who that is anyway there's so much incredible stuff in here but for our introductory week we are going to be talking about the cult of Saturn. Mike Sibbs picked this chapter because he's done extensive work um, on well the West Memphis murders and and um, the West Side of Saturn, his docuseries. So anyway, this is, I guess, kind of near and dear to his heart. I actually didn't know a lot about this one, unlike some of the other conspiracies in here. So I'm kind of learning along with y'all this week.
2: So I'm going to just read the first paragraph. Uh, So the cult of Saturn, the true Lord of the Rings before Dark Lord Sauron had to fend off those pesky little hobbits was actually Saturn, the planet. The eastern Mediterranean region is where the cult of Saturn first emerged as a religious movement, which believed that the world's destiny was under the authority of the Roman god Saturn, who was revered as the patron of time, abundance, agriculture, and the harvest. Saturn is linked to the limits and restrictions of man, as well as to death and decay. His Greek name is Kronos, which means ruler of time. Time is a mortal's kryptonite. The traditional images of the Grim Reaper come from Saturn who killed his own father with a sickle that he held in his hand. Others argue that the word Satan is derived from the word Saturn.
0: And that is, that's kind of crazy too, because what, you know, what comes to mind is, you know, Derek, Derek Gilbert's book, The Second Coming of Saturn. And he basically is forensically tracing who Saturn is. Derek traces this to Shemiyaza slash Azazel, the leader of the angels that rebelled and and came down onto Mount Hermon. And here we are, years and years later, we're worshiping, not, I mean, not worshiping like, you know, singing songs like we do in Christian church, but we still have a remnant, and there's elements of the worship of Saturn today. Even it goes into the dollar bill.
2: In in the chapter, she talks about uh, the on the dollar bill. It's it says uh, I think is that Latin Novus Ordo Seclorum, mm-hmm. which translated is new order of the ages, and that that derives from the fourth poem of the eclogues uh, by the Latin poet Virgil. And this is the, I'm going to read the section that it comes from. Now is come the last age of the Chameleon prophecy. The great cycle of ages is born anew. Now returns the maid, returns the reign of Saturn. Now from high heaven, a new generation comes down. Yet do thou at the boy's birth in whom the iron race shall begin to cease and the golden to arise over all the world, holy Lucina, be glorious now thine own Apollo reigns. And so that iron race is talking about a time in humanity um, where there's there's hatred, there's murder, there's strife among among humans. And so he's talking about ushering in this golden age where people don't have to work there's just abundance and plenty and so yeah it's it's super interesting uh that that would be on the dollar bill and she kind of mentions in here too the phrase in god we trust on the dollar bill and wondering like what god is that talking about is he talking about saturn and this ushering in of this golden age
1: And in case you guys haven't looked at a dollar bill in a minute, it's not like in tiny print somewhere in a corner, like a watermark. It's like, it's right under the pyramid with the eye, which is also, I mean, just like how, you know, cultish are we going to get just on the dollar bill, but, but it's on that little banner right under it. So like front and center or back and center, I guess it's the back of the dollar bill, um, but yeah, and got a chess. Like which god are they referring to?
0: Right. Okay, so here's my conspiracy connection brain. Now I'm gonna set the scenario up for you. It could just be a bunch of coincidences. I'm not saying that this was the idea behind it, but you gotta you gotta you gotta hear my thought process on this. So I just want to read this that comes from that poem. Now it says, now comes the final era of civil's song. The Great Order of the Ages is born afresh and now justice returns, honored rules returns. Now a new lineage is sent down from high heaven. So there's a new lineage sent down from high Heaven. Just put that in a box for a second. Alistair Crawley in 19, I, I want to say it was in 1908 he he wrote a book about Horace about the god Horus. And in that book he's prophesying that that we are going to enter into a new age and it's going to be the age of Horus, okay? Now, the the dollar the eye on the dollar bill, okay, is Horus. Okay? It's not it's not Saturn. Now I'm sure there's some linkage there, but re- just hold that lineage in your head for a second. So, Aleister Crowley prophesied that that the new that the new order was coming and it was going to be Horus. Okay, now Aleister Crawley was a part of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn had a practice that if you wanted to curse somebody, you would give them a talisman, a coin, or a necklace, a something, with the image of the god. Or demon that you wanted to curse that person, and then because that person is holding that talisman or it's hidden in their house somewhere, the demon would be attracted to it, and that it was part of their of their crazy practice. Okay, so let's fast forward to 1935, where uh, President Roosevelt, a Mason, decides, hey, we should put this. symbol of a demon on the dollar bill perhaps he was ushering in that spirit and that age people having the dollar bills in their pocket what are we chasing all the time right we're chasing money all the time now check this out it's prophesied that we're going in to a new golden age right so with all these connections being made if you go back and you learn about the golden age it's it parallels the days of noah right and so right there now a new lineage is sent down from high heaven what does that sound like it sounds like the nephilim
2: yeah totally no it's it's scary um and when i was looking at this chapter and like the stuff with the dollar bill and what the, the iron age and the golden age on its face, it seems like it's a good thing, right? Like going from the, the iron age or iron race where there's dissension among humans and just uh, murder and strife and all these things to this golden age, when there's like abundance and peace And I was just thinking about how with the occult, that's how it is, like how things kind of hide in plain sight, where there's always those like double meanings, right? One meaning like, oh, it's just, it's a reference for, you know, America being, you know, this kind of golden age of like, of of America, and just the prosperity and all that kind of stuff. Um, But then the other side of that coin, to your point, Mike, seems to be, yeah, like, the Golden Age not being so such a positive thing. If we're talking about the Nephilim in the days of Noah and just all the chaos.
0: Even if you just look at the political realm, um, so the Golden Age was was an age that when they talked about it, when um, you know, uh, Plato talked about it, it was an age where. You know, the divine lived with the mortal and we all lived a lot longer and we could just, you know, hang out and just enjoy the earth, right? We didn't have to to work so hard for everything that we have. And so the Iron Age is where we got to work and toil and, you know, we're just like constantly sweating for this money. If you look at the political agenda of like Biden, of klaus schwab of the um even the ideas of like a universal basic income and that with this idea that everybody will get you know a base set of money to take care of your house and your car because ai artificial intelligence is going to be doing everything we're going to not have these jobs so even when you look at the political agenda and where we are going logically, is into a different time. We're going into a different era in the next 5, 10, 20, 100 years. It's going to be a different earth. They want to go back to the golden age. And the political agenda just so happens, is it a coincidence that the political agenda wants to make a new golden age? Why is the occult stuff show showing up in the mundane
1: all the time why do so many people who are outside the circle not wearing tinfo hats right now like why, why do they not get it why do they see all of this stuff as like why do people have such a hard time with this stuff and call it conspiracy theories you know like how can you possibly think that all of this is coincidental all of it
0: well, they got the yeah. blind. They got the scales on their eyes. You know, it's like when you when you meet Jesus. Yeah, but he's the truth. He's the way. He sets you free. When you know Jesus, you're free from the lie, and you begin to see the um, the 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 the, plur, the plurality behind this stuff. You know, it's either it's either you're all, you're with him or you're with the world, and that's the thing is that most people that are in the world. They're just trying to live day to day like everybody else, right? They don't, their, their belief system is based on probably Joe Rogan podcasts and CNN or Fox News, depending on what side you're on, you know, but at the end of the day, these topics to, you know, like a mundane person just trying to live their life. It's not, it's just peripheral right? Just like how most people go to church and church is peripheral. They're not all in. Like when you're all in for Jesus, you see this stuff, you see it, you can't deny it. And it's like, you want to expose it, you know, and then people deny it and they tell you you're crazy. And you know, it's just not true. You may have a tinfoil hat on, but this stuff is real. This is, I mean, the Bible talks about it culture shows it you can't you couldn't convince me otherwise
1: all right guys thank you for listening to the first go round of torres tin flow hot time you may now safely remove your hat and place it in overhead storage or something until next week
0: (laughs) um so yes guys for the for the next topic tonight for some reason this has been on my heart lately um but it's about street evangelism slash kind of crazy church stories that we kind of can go through here. But, um, you know, I know, Chris, you were a part of a street evangelism group before. Was that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, I used to. Well, group, sometimes it would just be me because it was it's hard to convince other people to come and and do street evangelism sometimes. So I would go when I went to school in Philly, uh, I went to. Cairn University, uh, which is a Christian university, so we don't need to, you know, not doing any evangelism there, but I would go into Philly, and I would go to Temple University and Drexel University and, um, and do street evangelism using a really awesome resource called the God Test. And what the God Test is, is it's 10 questions, and the first question is, do you believe in God? And depending on whether they said yes or no, there was, there's, two different sets of questions um and it's just a really great resource for engaging people in conversation and so yeah i used to go go into the city and uh and do the god test and uh i got some got a couple of interesting stories definitely got some wild church stories as well yeah
0: um yeah i was you know i was interested in, in kind of talking about this um because when I first when I first got saved, I went to a Todd White conference. Um, and you know, if you're not familiar with Todd White, he does take a lot of crap from the internet um, for being a false prophet. Um I'm, I wouldn't go that far., um, but at the time when I saw when I went to the conference, he was nobody. like he he wasn't who he is today with the big church and stuff he was just a dude that was traveling around and had a heart to teach people to go out there and and evangelize to to people and um i did i I was a part of a group for a while and um and so i i've got i've got some really good things to say about about evangelism in general and like the whole term street evangelism is kind of weird because like you know what why why is it street evangelism are you evangelizing the street i don't know but i feel that it can be done very very wrong and that's what i've seen i've seen a lot of it <laughs> being done done wrong and with with the wrong heart but chris you said you've got some cool stories can you can you just share like some of the the positive fruit that you've had from that
2: yeah, absolutely. So like the the whole purpose of the God test is to encourage conversation. And, and I definitely know what you're talking about, about the negative aspects of street evangelism, because when, I think even when you say street evangelism, it's like I have these images or pictures of like some angry guy out on the corner saying like, you're going to hell, you know, like just kind of fire and brimstone kind of preaching And, yeah, I don't think that's super effective. I think at one point in history, maybe like 150 years ago, that type of preaching was was effective because people just responded to that. But nowadays, I think it's just much better to – it's more effective to try to establish a relationship and then have a conversation. So – I mean, I'm just thinking of times where, and I'm on a university campus. So, you know, these are most of the, it was an open campus. So sometimes it'd just be someone who was walking through to get to work or whatever, but um, usually people that would stop. And and the name is interesting, right? The God test. So as people would walk by, I'd say, and I have like, it's like a little pamphlet that has the questions on it. I'd be like, Hey, have you taken the God test? And sometimes I would set up a sign that had like God test on it. And it's kind of intriguing for people that are like the God test. What is that? Um, and so we just, we start having a conversation. I think the most impact that I saw was from people who didn't agree. And I think they would assume like I'm a Christian, but we'd have these conversations and and just me being open to have a, a discussion about it, like a civil discussion that would just blow some people away. And then ultimately, um, the last question, if if someone said they don't believe in God, it's a series of questions. The last question is, may I pray for you? I never had anyone say no, right? And these are people that say they don't believe in God. So I never had anybody say no. And I had the opportunity to, you know, pray with people who didn't believe in God. One funny story was, uh, it was this this young guy and his buddy, I had was talking to. And when I asked them, you know, can I pray for you? And they're like, yeah, sure. I said, what can I pray for you about? And he was like, Oh, that we would get some chicks. And so I prayed for their wives. <laughs> I was like, i prayed for their future <laughs> wives. Good. What's funny about that is like two hours later, I'm done. I drive, I go home on my way home. And I'm, I lived about, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes outside of the city. I stop in a grocery store to grab a snack or something And that guy I prayed for was the cashier when I checked out. He was freaked out. He like he like bug eyed. He was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" He literally said, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Well, I live like I live in Ben Salem, and I was just on my way home."
0: (laughs) Dude, so I I don't. I I I I love stories like that because that's that is a confirmation that God is. Not giving you necessarily, but giving the guy.
2: Yeah, that's like I don't. I was just gonna say like I don't know whatever happened because like I didn't get any of his information or anything. But I'm I kind of like I left there wondering like you know if that if that would have been one of those moments where he might like like okay maybe you know maybe there's something to this Uh, because it he was freaked out. It was hilarious,
0: dude. That is that is awesome. So yeah, I believe that evangelism. Is, is so important for us Christians. You know, I, I don't think it has to be something where you've got to go out and be like, okay, I'm going to pray for people, you know, but it's to be open and be ready just in our everyday lives as well. But I was a part of this group that was, um, it was basically a splinter group from Bethel Church. And so they kind of had this very charismatic kind of style to it. And um, at the time I'm, I'm barely saved. Right. So I don't know Bethel church. I don't know Hillsong. I don't know how, you know, how these type of churches operate. I'm just going out there because I felt a fire inside of my heart and I, I wanted to see people get touched by by God and um dude God would do some crazy crazy things when you go out there like Chris you're mentioning you know you you ended up going to his place of work um and I'll just tell the one this one story and then I'll I want to I do want to talk a little bit about the negative but so I'm with this group and we go out to a Walmart on a Wednesday night and we're, we kind of, uh, there's like five of us. So two of us go one way, other two go that way. I ended up kind of just going by myself. Right. And I see this kid, like, I don't know, he's like 24, 25. And he's just, he just standing in the middle of the aisle. He's looking at his phone and he just looks sad. Right. And so the, these guys kind of trained me up, you know, You know, like, you got to get a word of knowledge for them. You got to, you know, you got to operate within this, the gift of the spirit. So I just, I I, I start, you know, I'm like, hey, and I give him, I'm like, I'm like, do you have a, are you bummed out about a girlfriend or something? I'm failing, right? Like, he's like, (laughs) he's like, no. And I'm trying to like muster up a gift of the spirit. And then, and then it, it finally hit me like i was just like just ask him like what's going on so i said hey man well what is going on and he goes i'm going to die and dude my heart just dropped and i just I, I i just said hey man well i'm here with with a couple other guys and we're here to pray for people can we pray with you and he's like yes i would love that and so at this time, I didn't realize it, but all of the guys they were behind, they were behind me, waiting. F- they were watching me fail, um, and they were they were right there. So we all five of us put our hands on this dude and p- just prayed the p- the healing power of Jesus into him. And um, so th- so then I asked him, I said, I said, "Do you know God? Do you know Him? Are you a Christian?" And he goes, "Not like that." And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, not like that. He goes, he goes, man, I, I felt something when you guys were praying. He goes, I felt something. So I gave, I gave him a, a card to the church that I was going to at the time. I told him, Hey man, you got to show up here. Um, unfortunately, I was moving the next day from Florida to North Carolina, but I don't know if he had aids i want to i want to say it was aids because he it was his white blood cells were way way down maybe i'm i don't know i don't know what it was but it was something with his white blood cells but he comes into the church and my friends there and he remembered my friend because he prayed for him too and he's like hey where's the other guy and he's like oh he moved and he's like oh man well you got to tell him that i went into the doctor and my my white blood cells are completely normal. Like I'm not gonna die. Like he was basically told. Wow. Like he was gonna die, and I get the call, right? And so this is God is so awesome. I get the call from my friend, telling me the story as I'm driving to North Carolina, to move there. And he he had mentioned the guy's name. He goes because I never got we I never got his name, but his name was Dylan. And I'm driving through Dillon, South Carolina, when this guy calls me to tell me the story about Dillon, you know? And, and I, you know, I thought that was just like, it was so cool that God was able to use me in my stupidity, you know, because they kept telling me, and this is kind of the negative part that I could get into. It's that, you know, we, we do have the gifts of the Holy spirit and they're, they're outlined. And, you know, you've got the word of wisdom. You've got the word of, of knowledge. You've got, you know, the, the gifts of healing and all this stuff, but like the word of knowledge, you know, like to try to read somebody's mail, right. Like I something, something feels off to me about that. In certain cases that I've I've seen people do um, within the church and um, also within street evangelism. And so, you know, I I just always think that as a Christian, we've got to get ourselves into this place with our relationship with God where we're not doing it to be cool. We're not doing it so they think that we're somebody, but that we're doing it to drop Jesus and then get the heck out of there you know yeah. what I'm saying because it's not about us
2: yeah man um so yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because i i grew up roman catholic but when i was in high school um i uh i got saved in a church that was more like uh charismatic um you know believe in the gifts of the the spirit and all that kind of stuff and i've experienced that too where like they will push you to like be able to operate in you know in the power of the holy spirit like to the best of my knowledge, no one I've ever laid hands on for healing has ever been healed. <laughs> like, so like I think with with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, particularly like like words of 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 knowledge and prophecy, it's like you got it or you don't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've met people that like they can read your mail. Like they have a legitimate like gift of prophecy and will read your mail, but it's not like I don't know a, if like kind of how they develop that, but I'm like, I just don't think it's something that you can like force. Like if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. So it's kind of silly. And, uh, and I think a little bit arrogant to try to just like make that happen. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather operate in like humility and like the giftings that I do have, than try to like fake being, you know, powerful in the spirit or whatever like whatever that means
1: um so I think my experience is pretty similar to that um so there's there's a pretty famous church in Kansas City called ihop I don't know if mm-hmm. you all have heard of that um International House of Prayer so it's kind of controversial even amongst Christians like even amongst my family that I grew up in um I know Chris thinks I'm like really rigid and not into the charismatic movement at all <laughs> but like I really just have to like be an opposing voice to Chris, you know, but like, um, you know, like I, I do believe in that stuff. I, I also believe that there are people who like what you guys were saying, like want attention on themselves or like do it like the wrong way or, um, anyway, but all i to say, so like IHOP is here and me and my girlfriends in high school were at worlds of fun, which is like our version of six flags in Kansas city. And there was an IHOP convention, I guess. And my friend Kelly had, Um, a busted ankle, very busted, like screws in her ankle. It's had multiple surgeries after a sledding accident with me. So separate (laughs) issue, but anyway, so like Kelly's ankles all boogered up. And this group of guys from IHOP, like come around and like, we're all Christians and they're like, Hey, we're from IHOP. Can we pray? And they wanted to do like a healing prayer over Kelly's ankle. And I don't know, like, it's just, there is something kind of off-putting, right? And then it's kind of like, okay, so is is like this healing not happening because we're not believing it right now or because we have some like doubt or like, I, I don't know. I just like, I do think it's possible, but I don't think it's possible because like we are so magical. It's definitely like, like if the Holy spirit wants to show up and move through you. And I feel like the last time that's going to happen, well, you can do it anytime. Right. But I feel like if you're doing something because you want to prove that like you have some gifting, like that's not when it's going to happen. I, th- I think it's going to be where you are like hesitant almost. And like, no, I don't like, I'm going to look crazy. I mean, you see this all over in the Bible, right? Like God tells someone to go do something and they're like, what me? Oh, no, like I can't do it. Like I can't speak. Like I'm not big and strong enough. like, You know, and God's like, no, it's okay because I'm gonna do it. Like you're kind of irrelevant, but like I'm gonna do it. So anyway, I think like that can happen with street evangelists or with like, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing and stuff? And like God can show up in those moments, but it's like you have to have that humble posture. You have to be almost Mm -hmm. thinking like, look, I know this looks crazy. I know it sounds crazy. This isn't me, you know. But most of the time, it is like, hey, let me. See if I can heal right. you, <laughs> you know,
0: you know, it's that's such a great point, because what I would what I began to see um, in this group is I, I did see, you know, this this display that that they wanted people to think, you know, some of them, they, they got caught up in it and they wanted people to think that they were special and that they had this this gift. And, you know, when you read the books, some of the books and I know. Um, I read uh the book by Sean Bowles that went that was from Kansas City, the IHOP in Kansas City with Mike Bickle. He came out of there. Now he has a ministry in LA. Um, he wrote a book called like Translating God. It's all about word of knowledge and prophecy. And um, I read that book and I was kind of like, you know, you're there's a lot of arrogance in this book talking about how he ministered to like um, this rock star slash actor, it was actually Jared Leto, by the way, it's in his book. He doesn't call him out by Jared Leto, but it was Jared Leto. And he's just very arrogant in how he sets up some of the stories. And it just, it just reminds me, you know, how Jesus says, you know, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Um, Mm -hmm. if you do, then you will have no reward from your father in heaven. And sometimes, sometimes I feel like, and don't get me wrong because like, I, like I've seen it. Like I saw this dude get touched by God. You know what I'm saying? And he wasn't the only, only instance I saw. Like I saw a couple people get healed on the spot, you know, but I don't, you know, we don't follow them around for the next week to see if it, if it's stuck. But the idea was, is that somebody felt loved. And I think that when, when you do evangelize somebody, whether it's in a group and you're going out to do it, or it's in your daily life, going back to what Tori said, it, it you do have to come with this humble posture. And you know what? I can, I can operate in the word of knowledge without, without saying, Hey, God told me this about you right? I could do it through subtle conversation to where they would never think it was me that, that got something, you know what I'm saying? Like I could do it in a way where it's more comfortable for that person. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to be like, oh, God's got a word for you, you know? And they do that. They do that, you know? And, and for, for one example, there was this kid that worked at the Jersey Mike's that I would go to. I had a dream that was so clear and he was telling me in the dream he goes, "Yeah, man, I'm going to school to be a fireman." And so I and I knew and when I saw him the next day, I was like, "I know that was God." And so it wasn't like, I mean, I'm I'm praying just standing in line thinking like, "God, like I don't know, you know, I you know, I don't want it to be weird." You know, so I just asked him, I said, Hey man, you ever, you ever think of being a fireman? And he goes, what? And he like, he like goes to the back. He's like, what the heck's going on? And like, I just, I just, you know, he comes back out and he goes, I was just talking to my mom last night about wanting to pick that back up, you know, and what that did, it just opened a door of communication with, with me, with him to, to preach, not just the one time, because I would go into that shop a lot. And, um, you know, all I said was, man, I just, you know, I just felt like that's what God was saying. And then eventually I went up to him, you know, in a different conversation and just explained to him, you know, the word of knowledge. And I felt like that's what I, that's what I had, but it what had nothing to do with me. It was about God wanting to touch this, this kid.
1: Well, okay, so like what you were saying about the kid at Jersey, Mike, so I mean, because that sounds like, you know, you had this straight, like it wasn't from you and you're kind of following up and it was this more like gentle process that sounds a lot more like discipleship to me, which is, I think, like how we're supposed to minister to people, not just this like street corner encounter and like a word that like may or may not be specific to the person. Because, like, again, as a believer and like I have been really my whole life, like I've had a couple specific moments where like, someone, you know, from IHOP or someone kind of IHOP-y um, who like, give me a word. But, like, it's so nonspecific that, like, it's not really encouraging. It just is, like, cryptic. And it's, like, what does that mean? And, like, I've gotten a few of those. And, like, I hold on to them for years. because. And I have this painting, this lady I know, who's a wonderful lady. She was doing, like, prophetic painting on the street corner. And she did this painting for me it's like that's so cool and like it would be really encouraging if it was like came with something specific from the lord like your dream about the fireman you know but i'm like it's cool and i hope it was from the lord but like i don't know what it means you know you know what i mean like i think christians do that too or it's the bible talks about that too like um with speaking in tongues like if there are non-believers around and they see you it's not really going to be encouraging for them because they don't know what you're saying you know it's like i think if it's really from the lord it's it's gonna make sense. It's not gonna be confusing and foggy and like mystical kind of, you know. Right,
0: but right.
1: Yeah. I yeah.
2: I've, yeah. I've been I've been in multiple experiences with like people that were gifted in the prophetic, and some of them. I mean, we're talking legit, like not cryptic, like read your mail, like specific stuff. Um, and the thing about those guys is they were always so like loving and humble. Like any, anybody that's like a true prophet or, 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 you know, gifted in the prophetic that I've ever encountered, like genuinely, they are just so loving and so humble. Um, and there was one, there was one session one time with this one guy, I think he was more of an evangelist, but he was like, I don't know if he was just like trying to prophesy but it's like he he said almost the same thing for everybody, just like a little bit different. It was like a little vague, but it was like the same thing. And we're all like, mm, not so sure. <laughs> um, I got a prophecy uh, from a kid that I went to church with when I was in high school. And uh, I, rebuked, I rebuked it in the name of Jesus because the, he said he had a word for me from the Lord. And the word was that the Holy Spirit is going to leave me. What? for a, for a for a certain period of time? <laughs> I was like, um, I, was like this I do is, not this accept is, that.
0: This is what this is what gets me is that in that in that culture sometimes is they'll tell you, oh, well, you got to take a risk. You got to take a risk. Well, yeah. Again, you could take you could take that risk in a different way if if i cuz i i've had i've i've had true words of knowledge dropped in me and when i get it i know i know that i know you know what i'm saying like i know what that feels like but i don't operate in it all the time it's just been you know a handful of examples that i could give where i was like oh dude like i just knew something about somebody but again when we approach that person with that word how are we doing it? Like, Hey, if I say, if I say to somebody, I, in, in like Tori's case, I got a word, I got a word from you from God. Well, shoot, man, it better be encouraging. It better make sense because you know, we're putting our hopes on this sometimes a lot yeah. of a lot of christians are discouraged and they're waiting for that breakthrough you know that that we're all waiting for your breakthrough is coming you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like this I, you know i had a guy tell me he's like your breakthrough was coming it's coming he starts putting his hand on my forehead he's pushing me and i'm pushing back into him i'm like i ain't going <laughs>
4: down and i told him i said my
0: breakthrough my breakthrough happened on the cross right? I'm not waiting for anything special. Like I'm that not, is a
1: word from the Lord for you. you.
0: You know, I'm yeah. You know, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for this arc moment that you're telling all of these people. And I, of course, I didn't tell him that right then and there. I actually had a conversation with them afterwards, but I was, he's pushing on my forehead and I'm just like, I'm not going <laughs> you know, because everybody before him went down. I'm not going down. Yo,
2: do you know, Mike, I got, I got two quick stories. One is I'm at a church. It wasn't, it wasn't my home church. I think we did like a joint service with another church. It was like a charismatic church and we're, we're up front like at the altar and this pastor's coming in, and he's, he's like blowing on people and they're just like falling out and he gets to me and he's blowing. And I'm like, if the Holy spirit comes on me and I like can't stand up, that's one thing, but I'm not going to fall over just because you're blowing and he just blowing, blowing, blowing like, his hot kind of breath
5: in, in my face.
0: <laughs> and you should have gave him a tic tac. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like here you go, guy. And and I could sense the frustration, like his frustration, like doing that. So that's that's one. Number two is when I was in um, grad school for youth ministry in uh, in Nashville. My buddy Christian, we um, we were kind of learning about like. The Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff, and um, and it was a time where there was going to be like laying laying on of hands and like prayer and stuff. And my buddy Christian was like, like I will never be slain in the Spirit. That will never happen to me. I'll ne- I'll never go down. And um, one of the other pastors was going to um, to lay hands on him and and pray for him. And before he it was good. He was it was on his chest before he even touched him. He started like physically responding. And then once his hand touched his chest, it was like he got hit with like a sack of potatoes. He let out this like little short, little like shriek kind of thing, like you know, and then he just fell over. And he was I was like, that's the Lord humbling you. I think
0: this is this is my Bible reference to this and to bring it into to context is that Jesus Jesus tells the parable of the wheat. And the tares. Okay. Now, you know, he and he talks about in that parable, like, let them, you know, the, the farmers, like, what do I do I try to get rid of the tares? And he says, No, you don't do that because you might mistake some of the wheat for the tares and pull those up too. Just let them grow up together. And then at the end of the age, I'll take care of them. And he explains that parable. It's, you know, the the wheat is the sons of, of God. And the terrors are the sons of the evil one. Now, here's the thing. They look the same. Everybody who's out there ministering isn't necessarily a son of God. They're not doing what they're doing for the kingdom. We know this for a fact. We know Carl Lentz from Hillsong was a joker from the beginning. Like I was never fooled by that dude, right? We knew that, that some of these Bethel guys that came out and fell we knew that they were arrogant and that God's not going to be mocked right but here's here's the thing a lot of times they look the same and it could be a real experience and a fake experience and they both look like something happened right and we don't know the experiencer knows right but the the weird thing about the tears is um it's actually a plant that is called Darnell, okay. And this plant, Darnell, which is a sort of a tear, it has a talk intoxicating effect if you if you intake it, right? And so they actually would bake a bread out of this and you would kind of get like this like like psychoactive buzz, you know for for a little bit. And so I look at that and I'm like, Lord, is there something there that you're trying to say out of that? And it's like, yes, because the the fake ministers or the ones that I'll say are doing it from a place of arrogance or gain. They want to be known or they want to make money. They want to be famous. I'm just, you know, Carl Lentz is the example. Somebody like that is a terror because the fruit that they're giving you is intoxicating for that moment, but then it goes away and nothing ever comes from it. Like a true son, a true minister of God that's doing it from the place of humility, there's going to be fruit there. There's going to be, uh, you know, if you can, right? There's going to be follow up with that person. Now, I know that you can't follow up with everybody, but that is a part of ministry is being there forever instead of what these dudes do is, oh, it didn't come to pass. Well, that's your fault because you didn't believe it. You need to believe it more. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong because now you're saying that that you're always in the position where you're right And now you're going to tell somebody who is expecting something from God that it's their fault. Dude, what Mm -hmm. kind of messed up stuff is that? I've seen, I've seen it, dude. I've seen enough people fall away from God because of dumb stuff like that. When you just could be preaching the transformation power of God and forget about the money, forget about the breakthrough, just Get Jesus, get Holy Spirit and, and just be in love with him. Why does it have to be a breakthrough? Paul says, he says that, that in the end times, they will heap up teachers having itching ears because, because we want to hear it. The church wants to hear it. Those false prophets, the tares are going to be there. They're going to be there to give you what you want. Yeah. (laughs) I'll get off my
2: soapbox. Corey, did you have something that you wanted to share? Yeah, the, yes. the, um,
1: this, yes. and, I, and I'm not, I mean, like, I do like it. I kept it. I probably got this like 10 years ago, you know, but like, I'm just saying this has happened to me a few times where like someone well-meaning and like, maybe this was a word, but like, I don't know what this means and I like it, but I don't so know. So what,
2: what are we, can you describe for those that are just listening?
0: Wait, yes. hold up, hold up, hold up. I got an interpretation for you. I got a word, hold up. Okay, here. Well, no, honestly, no, I'm, just kidding. I'm
1: I'm wondering, you know, I'm like, if anyone is watching this on YouTube, you know, um, unless it's like Chris's word, like if if this word looks like someone thinks the Holy Spirit's leaving me, like that's not, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but oh, 26, okay, 2016. So not 10 years ago, but uh, close. So the prophetic art project, you know, and so this lady um like prayed for me like or prayed for a few minutes and then like started painting um and it was at this like street fair and again and it was like it was just like a secular street fair in downtown kansas city okay so like that's cool and like there are a lot of lost people there i'm not mad about this i just wish that i i I just feel like i don't know i just feel like as christians again kind of like with the whole flat earth debate thing i feel like if if you want to like do something in the name of jesus like it's like you really need to make sure that like it's in the name of Jesus. It's not like for you, and like, and that he actually like has a word that he's giving, unless you just have a word for someone and then just say that, you know. But yeah, so yeah. this painting is like a lantern, kind of like an old timey like oil lantern, um, with with a big red and gold flame flame away inside. So, um, I don't know. I am pretty fiery. I do feel like there have been some times in the last couple of years where like, maybe I've been able to be kind of like a lamp in some, some times. but I don't know, but that's like my interpretation. You know what I mean? So,
2: so she didn't give you an interpretation. She just gave you the painting. It was like, here you go.
1: I think so. I think, I don't think there was more, Um, but it's happened a couple other times. Like someone gave me a word and it, I don't know. Like it it was just so cryptic that like I've just held on to it because I'm like, maybe this will make sense to me in like ten more years or something, you know
2: okay, <laughs> so 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 check this out. um Luke twelve thirty five be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. And so that's a reference to essentially like being ready for for the Lord, like when he comes. I like that. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. But,
1: you know, and I'm not, I'm not a cessationist. I think God can give a word to anyone, anytime, but I I do think, you know, there's this meme that I think is funny where, you know, it's someone who's like, I want to hear from the Lord. Um, And they're like, open your Bible. And they're like, I want to hear from the Lord out loud. And it's like, read your Bible out loud. You know, I'm like, he's given us a ton of, he's given (laughs) us a ton of words already.
0: You know what, when, when somebody gets singled out in those meetings you know, and so this is where my mind always goes. Right. So what about the people that are around this happening? I didn't get a word. How come I didn't get a word? I'm not worthy enough. And I would walk away sometimes, you know, and I would go to some of these meetings when I was first saved. And like, I needed, I needed encouragement, right? I needed somebody to speak into my life to just know what was going on or just sit down and have a conversation right and so going to this meeting sometimes i'll be like you know how come i didn't get the word you know how come i didn't get prophesied over and so yeah. what about those people what kind of fruit is that is that you know kind of uh, bearing and you know when i started to investigate this and i did one of my first videos that i did was on you know this type of ministry within churches and it virtually looks exactly the same as when psychics do it like uh john edwards or people like that that are mediums that are that are delivering information it looked exactly the same and it was kind of you know the same the same type of fruit you know it's you get that buzz there for that second but then it just kind of goes away
1: Yeah. Well, no. And you know, that like breaks my heart because there are people there genuinely wanting to hear from the Lord. And it's like, Oh, you know, maybe someone who is already feeling like unseen in their life. And then it's like, they go to one of these meetings and then whoever, you know, the like Bethel leader is chooses to give a word to whatever girl they have a crush on, you know, instead of this person. And then it becomes again, it's like, you're doing something in Jesus name, but like, if you're doing it for your own benefit somehow, I just think like, there's gotta be huge consequences for that, you know. And there were in like the Old Testament. I'm pretty sure if someone claimed to be a prophet and gave a word and it didn't come true, wouldn't they be like stoned? I think I think there were consequences. And
2: yeah, I mean, Old yeah. Testament prophecy and and New Testament prophecy is is uh
1: different. A little different.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I guess I see your point. Um Yeah,
1: just that like if you're doing it, I think like taking God's name in vain is not just saying like, oh you know oh my god i think it's like yeah. using god's name for like vain purposes you mm-hmm. know?
2: Yep. yeah absolutely well guys let's let's end on this um if you have a word for tori reach out
1: tell me i want to receive it she
2: you wants me to your cell know phone number <laughs> yeah her number is <laughs> you no know, i'm kidding
1: wait, wait a second. Um,
0: camp on tori
1: Camp on mike
0: until next time Peace. Peace. Shalom.
1: Hey, they came down to
0: top vanity, brought the proliferation of humanity. Hey, fallen sons and the most high God took advantage of the planet he made, forming a holy alliance of evil and look at the daughters of Adam in vain. Then the flood rain came to restore his creation, order to how he arranged. But the disembodied spirits of the giants still want to war, still want to kill in the court. I see the blood of the innocent spill on the floor? That's a demoniac and the kind of issue would combine the healer, restore his image bears in his second chance when he coming back because he bringing a sword. This ain't a planned sermon. It's a welcome to Camp Herman. Yeah, welcome to Camp Herman. This ain't a planned sermon. It's a welcome to Camp Herman. Yeah, welcome to Camp Herman.